Welcome to Manager Tools. My direct disagrees with me privately. Part two, here we go. This cast answers these questions. What if my direct disagrees with me on something? What if my direct won't do something because she disagrees? Well, if you want answers to these questions and more, keep listening. Okay, so given all that you just said, how can we know then when disagreement is right or wrong? What There's some guidelines you can give us. Okay, so so good question. Disagreement being the conceptual, the idea kind, right? right? Yeah. And the key phrase I think you use is when, right? So, the, so at what point can we use as a general rule? This answer is not universal, but in the vast majority, 70, 80, 90% of the cases, and as we like to say, manager tools for 90% of managers, 90% of the time, there are two simple rules. Before a decision has been made, disagreement publicly, energetically, and respectfully is absolutely encouraged as long as you're willing to acknowledge other viewpoints. That was something I wasn't very good at when I was 25. Yeah, that makes sense though. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Right. Before the, before the decision. Yeah. Before the decision. After a decision though, and a decision, remember, is a choice plus a plan of action to implement it. After a decision though, disagreement has to be expressed if it's expressed at all, privately, respectfully, and acknowledging actions are different from dissent. Meaning, if Mike's my boss and he decides on A, even though I pushed for B, I can come back to him and I can say, boss, I want another bite at the apple on B. Mike would probably say, throw me a bone here, dude. He'd say, yeah, okay, horseman, I'll listen to you. Right, yeah. I would be pri- I private. He and I, only he and I. I wouldn't complain in the staff meeting where Mike said I've chosen A. I wouldn't stand up and go, no, it's got to be B. I'm sorry, kill the agenda. I need to to say my piece here. You don't do that. You nod your head. You say, okay, I didn't win that one. I learned to fight another day. And in my next one on one, or I say, hey, can I have you 15 minutes of your time at the end of the day today? I just want to talk to you. And then I come in and I say privately and respectfully, hey, Mike, I know you chose A. I can live with that. That's the way I show him I'm respectful. And I want another bite at the apple on trying to prove to you on B. I don't think I marshaled my arguments very well. Now, if he's smart, he'll say, okay, fine. And if, in fact, you blow me away, but you'll have to blow me away since I already publicly announced A and I don't want to walk around with with egg on my face for a couple of days, he'll listen, and maybe I can convince him. But I also am smart enough to tell him, regardless of whether we agree or disagree, as far as I'm concerned, the answer is A, and I will do my part to make A a success. In other words, I'm acknowledging that my actions, my behaviors, the things I do in light of the decision which says it's a plan to achieve A, my actions are different from whether or not I agree. The ultimate standard would be no one would be able to tell that I fought for B beforehand. So that's the two simple rules. And what that means is there's a time and place for disagreement. And we want disagreement. We started the gas with, of course, you're going to have disagreement. Before decisions, open season, as long as we're respectful of each other and we're fair dealing in how we talk about it. After decisions, disagreement is also okay. If you either keep it to yourself while giving that last full measure of work effort publicly to the plan, or voice privately to one's manager while also still giving the last full measure of work effort publicly. Bottom line, 
public disagreement isn't always acceptable. And that's not an assault on your direct consciences. Now, we're not recommending here that you pillory somebody, that you that you're disrespectful or rude to a direct who attempts to argue something after the decision's already been made. There's a time for that, and we'll talk about how to give feedback here in a minute. But when your direct does it, if they do it publicly, they're wrong. By the way, this is why a lot of the times managers, executives, leaders have a meeting to get input and don't make the decision during the meeting because that way the decision can be separate from the discussion where everybody's making their case on A, B, C, D, E. And maybe they send it out in an email or they announce it at the start of the next meeting and the next meeting is a 55-step plan to implement plan A and the guy who is going to talk about plan B and really make his case doesn't have his 55-step plan worked out. And so it's a fait accompli at that point. Okay. You've spoken several times or mentioned several times separating concepts from behaviors. Could, you, could we come back to that and explain that a little more, what you mean yeah. by that? This is the mistake I made for the last year about hearing the word resistance and not understanding it. The key of this whole thing is to separate ideas, ideas like agreement, disagreement, loyalty, creativity, openness. Those are all ideas. They're not behaviors. From behaviors. And behaviors are, what do we know? The words we say, how we say them, our facial expressions, our body language, and probably the big one, work product. Work product is the quality of your work against whatever standard we apply. The quantity of your work, whether there's a standard or not, we could do have a relative standard. The accuracy of your work, the timeliness of your work, sometimes goes in with the quality, but sometimes doesn't. Documentation associated with your work, every email, PowerPoint, spreadsheet, Word document, and potentially safety for those of you who work in physical environments. Okay? Concepts are ideas. Behaviors are actions that we take. Concepts are thoughts we have in our minds. Behaviors are things we do. In fact, when you say to yourself, oh, I know what he's thinking, that's never true. You just really believe your guess because their thoughts, that person you're saying you know what they're thinking, the only reason you think you know that is because their thoughts have been expressed through behaviors. They engaged in behaviors, and you think you understood what that behavior means about their thought process. Because right. if it were me, and I engaged in that behavior, I would have been thinking X, which may be true, but maybe not what the other person well, That's right, about 25 to 30% of the time. Right, so exactly. roll the dice, baby. Yeah. And what's interesting about this is, is you know how you learn about what people's thoughts are through their behaviors. That's why we often tell people, don't try to guess at why people do what they do. Don't guess at their personality. Don't try to guess at how they were raised or what's important in their life or what seminal events occur to them. What most happens to people is you experience, it's almost like an M&M. Think think of it as a, uh, we're going to talk about a brown M&M as opposed to my favorite, the yellow peanut M&M. We got a brown M&M, which has a brown candy-coated shell. Then, of course, it has chocolate around the peanut, and then there's a peanut in the middle. That shell is the behavior you interact with. 
Okay. The chocolate around the peanut is how you think about their personality and so on. And the peanut in the middle is their genetic, the nature that got them started in the world. Most of us think we can watch the candy coated shell, interpret from that the chocolate, and even get down to the peanut. You know, I think she was abused. Uh, you know what? I think he probably had a very dominant mother or a very dominant father. Oh, I think he went through some significant emotional crisis when he was 12. Let me tell you, even psychiatrists, psychologists, therapists don't get that stuff very right very often in my experience. And don't get me wrong, guys. I'm not a therapist hater. I've talked to a therapist. I love the therapist I talk to. Made a big difference in my life. And the idea being is if I can truly interpret this person, then I can project forward two weeks and combining their personality with their genetics and their upbringing and everything I know about them, everything I've intuited about them, I can project what their behavior is going to be two weeks from now. Well, that's stupid because you're really bad. We're all really bad at doing that because of what Mike said. If I see somebody behaving a certain way, I assume they behave that way because they feel the way I do when I do that thing, which is just ludicrous. Start thinking about that from a personality or from a behavioral psychological perspective and you realize how crazy it is. Anyway, no, what you're going to interact with two weeks from now is their behavior again. And most people tend to be pretty much the same in terms of behavior. I bet you, you couldn't find two podcasts that I've ever done in the last 12 years that are more than 15% apart in terms of my demeanor, my style, my speed, all that kind of stuff. And you might think, well, what does that say about Mark? Well, you don't have to worry about what it says about Mark. You know, I'm going to do that again next week. All right. It'd be pretty easy to predict how you're going to behave next week, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> by the way, folks, that's Mike giving me a hard time. That wasn't clear. Let, yeah. Let me make it clear. So I've rambled on and I apologize, folks. You cannot sense your direct disagreement. You cannot. You can only intuit that from their behavior. If you're beginning to think that a direct isn't giving their best effort to something, that they aren't, quote, behind the effort completely, that they aren't, quote, with the program. The only way you would know that is your evaluation of their behaviors. And you still wouldn't know they disagreed. You would only guess that they disagreed based on their behavior. And if you try to give somebody some feedback based on the fact that they're not with the program, they will absolutely look you in the eye. And even though you believe they're lying, they'll believe they're telling you the truth when they say, I am totally with the program. And you'll walk away from that conversation feeling totally frustrated because you know they're right and they know that you can't know what in fact they have inside their head. Yeah, try to prove that, right? Yeah, so we don't give feedback about what people know or what people feel or what people think. We give feedback about the behaviors and this is where the resistance thing opened up really nicely for me. It's okay to disagree. It's okay to privately be thinking to yourself, you know, Ozan, he's really smart, but I wouldn't have done it this way. And it's also important that I can hold another idea in my head at the same time, which is, and even though I wouldn't have done it this way, I must deliver on the things Mike expects me to deliver on so that no one questions my dedication to what this team agreed to. And in this case, the team, it might have been Mike's decision, but we're all on board with Mike and that's how organizations work. It's not rocket science. And, and again, if you feel that this is somehow an affront against your morality, you're just wrong. 
you're not willing to accept the idea that you're an individual with a reduced set of freedoms for the benefit of a magnified set of results. That's essentially what we do. So let's look at four different scenarios. We're talking post-decision now, okay? Pre-decision, okay to disagree. Let's have some healthy debate, respectful, okay? Acknowledging other people's, you know, fair-mindedness, regardless of other people's ideas. But we're going to talk post-decision now, okay? So a plan's already in place. And we're going to come up with basically what this is, is a two-by-two matrix of mental state and behaviors, the intersection of which everybody calls resistance, (laughs) okay? The two mental states people can be in is they either agree or disagree with the plan, the decision, if you will. Agreement and disagreement are the two columns, left and right. Agreement is on the left. Disagreement is on the right. Classics two-by-two matrix. If you don't know what a two-by-two matrix, folks, is, picture a square that is four inches by four inches. And then divide that square vertically in half and horizontally in half. So now that square has four quadrants, each of which has a two by two square in it. The left column, in other words, the two quadrants on the left side represent agreement and disagreement is on the right. The two behavioral possibilities, remember we're talking about mental state agree or disagree, and behavior, the two behavioral possibilities are supportive, meaning doing what you're supposed to do, which we would then intuit as supportive, or not supportive, meaning not engaging in the right behaviors, resistant, okay? Supportive is the top row, not supportive, bottom row. So just to be clear, in case you're not following me, there's a picture in the show notes, um, but if you're a supportive direct and you agree with your boss, you're in the top left. And if you disagree with the decision and you're not supportive, you're in the bottom right. So let's go around. I think we want to go around the circle. Okay. Now let's go, let's go in a different order. So we'll go top to bottom, right? Agree or just, no, we'll go left to right. Top left quadrant. We're going to number the quadrants. One, two, three, four. One is top left. Two is top right. Three is bottom left. Four is bottom right. I wish you guys could see me moving my hand around in front of my face here. If a direct agrees and is supportive, he or she is in the top left. Quadrant one. Top left quadrant. The best kind of directs. They're going to produce their best work. If a direct disagrees... That's the right column, so that's essentially the, uh, either two or four, but stays in the top row of supportive behavior. So in other words, they're quadrant two, top right. They disagree with you, but they engage in supportive behavior after the decision. That's professional subordination, and that's what we want. We want everybody to be in quadrant one or quadrant two. If a direct agrees... Now we're in quadrant three, bottom left. They're agreeing with you, but they engage in unsupportive actions. You could argue, well, how likely is that really to happen? If it does, the fact is they agree, but they're not doing what you want to do. You're going to give them feedback about their behavior because agreement doesn't matter in that case. They're not doing what we want them to do. And now we talk about quadrant four, which is the resistant direct. A direct disagrees and is unsupportive with behaviors. Actually, I call this quadrant four resistant, but in fact, if a direct 
agrees but engages in unsupportive actions, you could hypothetically say that person was resistant as well. I don't think of that as a person who's resistant. I think of that as a person who simply is not doing their job. And so we give them feedback. We love them. We care about them. We want them to do better and we're going to ask them to do better. But anyway, in quadrant four, a direct disagrees, then chooses to be unsupportive with their behaviors. They may totally feel that their actions are coherent, but those actions are still worthy of adjustment. And so we're going to have to give them feedback for that because the organization is about behavior and not about individual's concepts. Let me put it differently. Since the resistance thing has come up over and over again, folks, to put a different spin on this, there is no such thing as a conscientious objector to organizational work from within. One cannot abstain from action because you disagree unless you choose to leave the organization. In that way, you can absolutely abstain. You can quit, walk out, and you don't have to take any of the actions that you disagree with. You could always threaten to leave the organization. Oh, uh, yeah, that's certainly, leave, yeah. Just like, yeah, just, just be careful. Don't have your bluff called. Say, well, sorry, I'm not going to change my opinion. Uh, if you don't change this opinion, change this decision, I'm going to quit. Oh, gee whiz. Okay, well, I've made up my mind. I, I didn't factor that into my decision, but I still, having thought that through, I still think, and frankly, in my head, I'm thinking anybody who would pull that stunt is unstable enough that I'm not sure I want them on the team. But regardless, you lost, and... I don't want to lose you, but I'm not going to be held hostage to you threatening to leave. So, okay, you got to go. Now, the moment you stay after I've made my decision and I don't change it when you threaten to leave, I think you're toothless going forward and I'll probably help you find work on another team somewhere. Yeah, not a good approach. Okay, so either either way, and I think um, folks who have not been listening to us for a while might think we're going to give them feedback if they're doing the wrong thing. But that's not the case. We give positive feedback and negative yeah, feedback. Yeah, we give feedback on both, right? Yeah. So what do we do when a direct disagrees? Again, it depends on when they do it and how they do it. If a direct disagrees during the planning phase of a decision in a respectful way, give them positive feedback about it. So I'll play the manager. You play the direct, Mike. Okay. For all these scenarios. Hey, Mike, can I offer you some feedback? Sure thing. When you say you disagree when we're planning things and you offer other alternatives, it shows me you know how to be creative while also being a good team manager. So thanks. Appreciate it. Cool. Thanks, boss. Okay. So next scenario. What if they disagree after a decision has been made, but they do so privately while meeting their responsibilities? So they disagree. They're on the right, but they're also on the top in terms of doing what we want to do there. So they're they're in quadrant two. So Mike's done that, so here's what I say to him. Hey, Mike, can I share something with you? Sure. When you share your disagreement privately with me, which shows me trust, but you also meet your responsibilities or accomplish your tasks, I just got to tell you, it's pretty damn impressive. I've dealt with a lot of people in the past, which when they say they disagree, but then they actually don't want to do the work, I call what you're doing professional subordination, and I admire it, and I just want to tell you I appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. Now. Other side of the coin. Now we're below the, we're in quadrants three and four. What if they disagree after a decision and do so publicly? So we'd say this, I'd say, hey, Mike, can I share something with you? Sure. When you openly disagree with a plan we've already decided upon, I've decided upon based on your guys' input, it takes us off agenda during the meeting. I think it sends the wrong message to other people on the team that now is the time for disagreement when it really isn't. Can you try voicing your concerns privately in the future once we're in the process of enacting a plan? All right, I guess so. 
Well, Mike, I mean, are you sure? I mean, I, don't, I mean, if we need to talk about it, let's talk about it. I mean, I, I want you to understand what you did, why I disagree with it, why I want you to do better. I don't want you to guess. No, I got it. You got it. Okay, yeah. cool. Thanks. I, I appreciate your flexibility. I do. Cool. Okay. Now, final scenario. What if they publicly disagree after a decision and they're not accomplishing their objectives? That's quadrant four. Hey, Mike, can I have a word? Yep. When you miss deadlines after you've publicly disagreed with a plan after the fact, it sends a message that you can behave any way you like if you don't agree with the team, and I think that destroys team morale. Can I count on you to come back to me with a way that you're going to bring your deliverables current? And if so, when can you do that by? Well, yes, um, but I still disagree, just to be clear. Okay, let's be clear about something. You're entitled to that disagreement. Disagreement's good. You've heard me say it before. Before I make a decision and we're discussing it, let's have disagreement. I'm okay with different points of view. Maybe your way is better. We'll, we'll never truly know it. You can't step in the same river twice, right? But your disagreement has to be kept private out of respect to the team and to the organization. And by private, I mean either kept to yourself or shared respectfully only with me. But your behavior... Your part of the plan, your deliverables, your tasks, your accomplishments still has to be perfect. That's part of how organizations work. We all kind of pay a tax uh, to the organization to get the benefit of multiplying or magnifying our efforts because we teamed up. So I want to be clear with you. Thank you for saying yes. I'm glad I can count on you to get back current. That's what I count on. And it's okay to disagree. But disagree mentally, emotionally, intellectually. But expressing disagreement is actually a behavior. And as a general rule, I want less of that once we make public decisions. Got it. Okay, good. Basically, what we're doing here, folks, is teaching our directs the difference between thoughts, which is sort of resistance and sort of not, or disagreement, and actions. If somebody disagrees and does what you want, they're a gem. Because you're not going to get everything you want all the time. And what's too bad is if you're only thinking about the resistant direct, you're missing out on that one who's a team player who says, I lost that battle, but I'm going to be a good soldier because next time I have a chance to win. I have a chance for my idea to be considered and chosen. We're so focused on that resistant direct, and unfortunately, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. We don't get a chance to give positive feedback to that person who probably disagreed, recommended B rather than A, but is killing it. If somebody comes and recommends something you disagree with, and you end up choosing your way, and that person who recommended B versus A goes out and kills their deliverables on A, you've got to give them positive feedback. And I don't see how you could do it without mentioning that they recommended B. That's a team player there. And there's so much discussion today in the modern press about it's not, not about being a team player. They say things like collaborative, which nobody knows what that means in terms of behavior. But they're always talking about some internet billionaire, millionaire, or something like that. I'm sorry. You want to join an organization to magnify your efforts? You're going to have to give up some of your individuality. It's a good thing. So, summarizing, it's okay for directs to disagree. Disagreeing is normal. The context, the key, is time and place. You can disagree before decisions are made. You can do so publicly. You can only do it in private thereafter, and you cannot resist, quote-unquote, by slow-walking 
your behavioral deliverables simply because you disagreed. Resistance is inappropriate and unprofessional, and you can give feedback to people who aren't meeting their deliverables, as well as people who are publicly disagreeing in a way that takes away from getting things done in the organization. All right. Thanks, my friend. Anytime, partner. It was a fun one. All right, man. We'll see you uh, next week. Thanks, everyone. That's it for this week, and we'll see you next week. So long. Thank you.